Hey, Sadie. Oh, what? Why are you always trying to be first like that? Like, why is it? Why does it have to be? Why does it have to be a fight and a struggle every single time? Like some parts of our lives don't have to be struggles, Nora. I, I, I just felt like um, most recently it may have been you first. And so I actually just thought that I, <laughs> I was fine. fine. Okay, let's let's do it again. You could go first. <laughs> no, it's fine. I don't care. I'm giving you the opportunity. Uh, hey, Sandy. Hey, Nora. H- how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well... I'm not angry right now. You're not? No, I'm always angry. I'd lied. <laughs> how are you doing? I mean, okay, so how am I doing? I whenever we have a conversation, I feel I feel very uh happy to talk to you. Um I enjoy oh, talking so to sweet. you. Thank you. Yeah, it's true. It really is true. And I get worked up about stuff, but I'm never like pissed. Okay. But I'm mostly always pissed otherwise yeah I feel like I live a life of being angry but it's also like my perhaps one of my favorite emotions oh I mean okay I'm exaggerating a little bit I'm not angry all the time though I am frustrated a lot of the time Mm. um but I I think that anger is a really important emotion for those of us on the left because I don't know how you feel about anger but I feel like I learn the most about the world when I'm angry oh I I see I don't think of anger as a a learning frame although I can I think I understand what you're saying for me anger is what drives me to express myself and to tackle issues and so Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about anger for this episode, um, which is, I think... Let's talk about anger. It's like the last for 2018, I think. Yes, and then we're going to go on a little break, so... Yeah. I think this is a good way to end 2018, which has been a pretty frustrating year in politics. Totally. 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 So, anger. Anger. Ugh, I'm so mad. Two women. Two women talking about anger. <laughs> On a podcast, one of them black. Woof. <laughs> this has the potential to be explosive. <laughs> Is there room for anger on the left? Okay, actually, here, let's reframe this. Is it possible to be on the left without being angry? <laughs> well, when you put it that way, no. Well, because I because I think that this is and and, and so this will touch a whole bunch of different stuff and let's and let's even maybe define the left because I find that a lot of times you, men you, will not get women's. You want to define the left? Yeah, I mean, just broadly speaking, because usually when I say the left, I, I usually mean sometimes the broad left. So anybody that would vote liberal to like actual like like anarchists, and then sometimes I'm actually just talking. Okay, because I'm not trying to define any of that stuff. Mm-mm, I don't want to get into no arguments about that. So you define it. I'll I'll stick within your realms over here, sitting pretty. Mm-mm. The the political spectrum, I think, actually has a bit of um has a bit of a reaction to anger because I feel like the further you go to the center, and I'm not going to talk about the right, but the further you go to the center, it's like the least angry you're allowed to be. Mm-hmm. No doubt. That in the center, you're supposed to be rational. You're supposed to make good arguments. You're supposed to sit down hold motherfucking hands with Steve Bannon and be like, who hurt you? (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. And there's an assumption in that, uh, in that like everyone's playing by the same rules, everyone's interacting in good faith. Meaning that, like, oh, yeah. we, we all, like, want to have, like, an honest debate and come to the best possible solution for the majority of people in this wonderful, progressive democracy. Yeah. And there's no room for anger there. If you are angry, if you sow such, such um, uncontrolled emotion, because anger is, is, like, an uncontrolled irrational emotion or that's how we're we're taught about anger then you can't possibly be a part of a productive conversation that would lead us to an even better democracy and so there is no room for anger in the center but there's all sorts of debates like in the last like five years I'd say maybe three maybe even less about anger about uh use of force like punching Nazis is what I mean by that (laughs) you know like about frustration on the left and how how the left expresses frustration and whether or not that should be allowed or not Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then and then within the left um how do you address when you are angry with someone or uh, the the notion of tone policing, which I, I think is actually a very interesting phenomenon when people are talking about tone policing, like, why are you getting so mad at me? And then it's like, whoa, I could be mad if I want. And then that becomes its own argument. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and I just love, I love seeing when people are angry and pissed and ready mm-hmm. for fucking action. I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah. And so what is happening when people are like put off by that? Well, I think it says a lot about our culture. And I think, well, I don't know, Mm. like I, okay, why don't you tell me what you think there? Like, where are you going with that question? There's a push on the far right to get people on the left to act out, right? To do something aggressive or violent or, you know, just to to actually push them to their limit. And then you film it and it becomes a big like to do a big hubbub because this person ex- like displayed you know actions that were that were bad or whatever and i th- i feel like that th- that kind of happens like you know being provoked at a at a at a you walk by someone that's telling you that abortion is murder and you kick over a sign and then it's like whoa fuck you that was like the worst thing you could do or you know the first time that i met uh, the far right was when like online was when i was saying that um you know in response to Faith Goldie being a complete Nazi was saying like maybe we sh- maybe I said I was getting closer to advocating smash- smashing their cameras and then they're like oh fuck that's so that's so fucking bullshit that you'd say that that was a far right orchestrating this stuff but so many people who would call themselves progressive get caught up in these kinds of flashpoints mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and so it's like if we were more comfortable with anger I feel like we on the left would be much easier to say. Yeah, I'm not condoning that if, like, let's say, like, someone, like, punched someone. Or maybe I'm condoning it. Maybe I'm not condoning it. But this was obviously created to make me condone or not condone it. So I'm not even going to say shit about it. How about that? Or mm-hmm. um, smashing windows, right? Do you condone violence and smashing windows? It's like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, let's go smash every window. Or, nah, put that guy in jail. I'm not going to play this game. But we're so unable on the left to deal with anger and to deal with the expressions of anger. Or to even internally then have a debate about tactics that 
maybe fueled by irrationality or fueled by anger, mm -hmm. that we find ourselves really at a disadvantage to be able to soberly respond to these provocations. And the provocations are so effective that they keep happening and they're going to continue to keep happening. And they happen either by swarming people online or by, as I say, filming someone in an untenable situation or, or whatever, because there's this liberally emotion of, oh my God, like we have to appeal to people. We have to be nice to people. We can't insult people. I mean, like every time I call Lisa McLeod trash because she's motherfucking trash, I always get <laughs> women telling me that that is just unprincipled language, how you call her trash. She's still a woman. But why you know? is it? Why is it unprincipled? What? Where? What principle did you lack in describing a trash bag as a trash bag? Like what? What principle is there that that has been attacked, that has not been respected? Uh, liberalism. <laughs> exactly. Which is like <laughs> fuck that. It's just yeah. you know it's it's just like. So when I said earlier that anger is like an emotion that is really useful for learning, like I truly mean this. And this is something that I've thought through quite a bit because I'm often understood as angry as a black woman, whether I'm angry or not. And it like there are multiple ways by which we communicate with one another. Right. Like we use our words because you guys are listening to us. We use our silence. Right. And we can use like our tone of voice how we are expressing if we're in front of someone and someone can see us, mm. like how we're gesticulating and all of that, right? If someone is communicating to you in like an angry way, in a mm. sad way, in a happy way, whatever it is, they're also helping to communicate how much of an issue whatever they're communicating to you is. So like, for example, if you are communicating an issue of, say, state violence against your community, why should you be expected to communicate that without anger? That would be, that makes no sense to me. Like it, hmm. you should communicate it with anger because it's an extra level of communication that says to whoever the listener is, this is important. <laughs> this is fucked up and this is unacceptable or whatever. And in our culture, which like, I guess is, I don't know, and offshoot of Victorianism and liberalism like we don't like to express these all these other levels of communication which are so necessary to truly understanding what somebody is talking about but also because some of us like black women are constructed as angry all the time and therefore irrational and therefore not worth listening to like the idea that you 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 put anger or you know emotion regardless in a category that is called irrational in a category that is called like not worth listening to rather than in a category of it is rational to feel angry about these things and it is in fact irrational to pretend that you don't um, is also putting whole identities of people off the table to listen to like you know like just saying that they are not worth listening to um, and, and that's ridiculous. I think they're, though, as I said last week, the world is ending. <laughs> and it, like, how can you not be angry about that? You should, like, there's, it doesn't make sense for us to say, um, Nora, I'm going to talk to you about this issue, okay? 
And the issue that I need to speak to you about is mm-hmm. climate change. And so we're all going to die very soon. And, you know, I feel no emotions <laughs> towards this, but I just want to have a really you know, honest conversation and debate, in fact. Let's debate this and perhaps we can come to a conclusion that makes sense. And then Nora responds with, well, actually, capital is king and I don't care if we're going to die in 50 years. And I say, okay, Nora, well, that's an interesting perspective. That's really good. Um, I like the way that you that you made your point very clear. Um, but you know, I think like that's ridiculous. I, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Why would we expect um, that that's the way that conversation should go? End rant. <laughs> <laughs> I I liked the idea that you're uh, you know having a, a really positive and rational conversation with someone about climate change. I think th- this is. There's that it made me think of two things, and I'll, I'll first start with one, and maybe I'll remember to come back to the second. But it's one thing to have these conversations one on one. It's one thing to have someone be angry about something that happened to them. But when you actually generalize that across entire populations, that's where that dehumanization and full scale marginalization of people is really easy. Because if your community is constantly under threat or constantly being attacked by police or constantly having members of your community go missing or are murdered. Mm -hmm. You will have expressions of anger Mm -hmm. because anyone in those situations in those conditions would have expressions of anger. And so we've got a situation where society doesn't facilitate the translation of that anger very well. And we have disproportionate people feeling that anger and who are fueled for change by an anger rooted in senseless violence, horrible, unspeakable violence. And then you have some piece of fucking shit who's like, well, I've never experienced that. Why the fuck are you guys so angry? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, this is how the entire construction of Canadian society has, has happened politically and within the media. And then it's managed to infect itself on the left where there's this, belief that you know our campaigns have to be positive we have to call for something not against something no one wants to be don't like no don't be such a downer when you're talking about climate change like there's things that we all can do and then you you do it and then you fail and you're like fuck man that sucked and I'm never gonna get involved again because I tried and I was positive and now I'm angry and anger is only like good for like talking to your friends when you're at the bar maybe yelling at your your partner right like anger has been so personalized yeah that there really isn't a proper public expression right. of collective anger, collective rage. Or an accepted proper, yeah. Well, so so then what does this mean for, for us on the left? So, like, I don't know, like, here's like an ode to being angry all the fucking time. Like, one, you can't not be angry. <laughs> like, <laughs> How would that be possible? It is not. Literally, it's not possible. Two... When you see someone who's being angry, don't tell them not to be angry. That's enraging. <laughs> yeah. So, so okay, tell me about this interaction that you had on Twitter or an interaction that you've had on Twitter. And let's, let's go through why it's ridiculous. Sure. Uh, th- so there's two that I'm thinking in particular. One uh, is related to, as I say, you've got Lisa McLeod, who's a provincial member of provincial parliament in Ontario, who's like one of the fucking worst of Doug Ford's mm-hmm. people. And 
the stuff that they're doing and the stuff that she's promoting, like she's the kind of person that says the best welfare program is a job. And it's like, I want to throw rocks at someone that says that. Yeah. And, you know, you're like, okay, I can't say I want to throw rocks at you because then people are going to be like, you're violent. The police are going to be called and all this kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. right? I once... I once said that Glenn Murray should be kicked or something in the knees. And literally someone was like, I have reported you to Toronto police. They're going to call you soon. So it's like, okay, that's fucked up. What? They, yeah, yeah, that <laughs> happened to me once. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm always very aware of when you say something that could be construed as a threat. Like, you got to be very fucking careful when people are, are watching you all the time. And so it doesn't help mm-hmm. that, that, you know, let's say in this case, Lisa McLeod, she's a, a trash bag piece of shit that needs to be fucking put into a cave and never allowed to come out. Like, that's where she should be. <laughs> For example. Are you angry right now? Or? No, no, no. Yeah, I know. Fuck, of course. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah, okay. It was good. It was good. That was good. <laughs> so then what is it that, that makes someone come to me and say, hey, Nora, like, what the fuck? Why are you, why are you so angry about this? Like, I agree with the politics, but we're never going to get anything done if you're going to call Lisa McLeod trash because she is a woman and we are women. And I'm like, that is some fucked up white feminism and fuck you. And now I want you to live in a cave with her, too. yeah it's uh, i mean like let's take a look at like the record also of of lisa mcleod and the types of things that she is supporting you know the the end of the child and youth advocate like her statements on the the changing the sexual education program like her blatant disregard for workers and her like you know last week we were talking about decorum in the house or whatever like how people are wearing uh t-shirts or like let's have a look at the way that she responds in the house right like she's in terms of decorum it's like she's she's just a vile person and not to say that people can't be vile like go do your thing be vile if you are but like we're gonna be able like i should be able to respond and say you're a vile human being (laughs) as a response um why shouldn't she be angry about that kind of a record i think that the ability to not be angry about whatever politics is happening in the day of the day really just like is a reveal of how much privilege you have like Mm -hmm. if you are able to just put it aside and not be angry and not be scared and not be sad or whatever it is sometimes that means that perhaps whatever it is isn't touching you in the same way that it is touching someone who is very very angry and Mm -hmm. like organizing is fueled by anger social change is fueled by anger and i you know i don't know why we would be in the place that we are in and on the left and thinking to to ourselves that we can't be angry in this moment we have to be angry in this moment uh and i don't know i like i you know my type of organizing uh doing um, black liberation organizing like we are angry of course like how could we not be like this is this is the condition uh, under which we organize and there are people who you know criticize that by saying like you guys mm-hmm. appear too much th-. but but those are people who believe that like our our political engagement um, should come from a place where we f- very strategically think about how we're going to dampen all of our feelings first <laughs> and dampen all of our um, our asks or demands or the way that we present ourselves, which is about compromise. And, you know, perhaps 
people are still in, in the in the idea or the like misconception that compromise is what's going to win the day in this mm. day and age but i like if you're past that, if you have re recognized that, oh, okay, we can't compromise with like Nazis and the alt-right and the conservatives and wherever the hell they're going, like, how can you not be angry? How can you not be angry? That, it's just so irrational to me. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Listening to what you're saying and then and I'm thinking about like the liberals, right? So the liberals got elected, the federal liberals got elected in direct confrontation to Stephen Harper. Mm -hmm. And they got elected because they had a guy who, you know, was more together than the other guy, right? Like the the, the collapse of the NDP because the campaign was really long and there were some missteps versus uh, the, the Liberal Party that's a machine that, you know, managed to get through the entire election with, with fewer missteps or the press made mess, less of a big deal about certain things. And you had a guy who, like, I don't think Justin Trudeau can get all that angry um, he, we've seen him like be like aggressive in the house of commons, but he doesn't come across mm -hmm. as an angry dude. Um, he comes across as, as a, as a guy that loves love and that a guy lo loves to love. And, you know, I don't get the sense that he's probably been abusive to his wife, right? Like there's some politicians where you can kind of see it and you're like, whoa. And Trudeau. I would never have described him that way. No. As a guy who loves love. No. I like, but he comes across very bumbling to me. Like, I don't understand why he's taken so seriously. But uh, okay, that's <laughs> a whole other fucking issue. Yeah, <laughs> it's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah, please. I, I, I fucking. I hope someone in the PMO listens to this because that would be wickedly fucking hilarious. And fuck you, then actually. He's the kind of guy that you know you you grow the economy you know from your fucking ass to the fucking sky, and it's just glorious and all this kind of stuff. And you know that's how we lift each other up. Um, and then you know. You look at the NDP and what was super fascinating from the perspective of Quebec was the NDP ran uh, in 2015, of course, with Thomas Mulcair. And Mulcair in this province was known as an angry politician. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. He angry Tom. He was a pit bull. He was the guy in the Liberal caucus that would really go after the facts. And and we saw that in the House of Commons. Right. Whenever he had made an intervention, it was it was it was angry. It was good. Right. He took on Stephen Harper. Mm -hmm. And then Trudeau won. And I feel like it reinforced bad analyses around the use of happiness and hope and love versus being pissed all the time. <laughs> because a lot of my my complaints like if, certainly come from people like that you describe, people that don't probably like probably have the benefit of not having to be angry about certain things or whatever. But some of it also comes from people who are just really partisan and who. Mm -hmm are attracted to the liberal party and are attracted to this politics of fucking hope and like all of this stupid shit that I can't fucking believe attracts people. <laughs> like maybe I'm just playing my hand that I'm a cynical fucking asshole, but um, I, it's, it's funny because there's a limit to that because the NDP now is in a situation where they, they can't be angry because Jagmeet Singh has become hope and or love and courage you know, coming off of the of the hope and love or whatever the fuck of um, Jack Layton. And then they tried to make Mulcair into that. And of course, he wasn't mm -hmm. authentic. You could see through it. The guy was like, let me out, let me out. Like, oh, OK. <laughs> 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 um, and, and so the, this, but there's a natural limit to it because now you have, you know, Andrew Shear can play both like this like goofy skippy kind of character but also an angry kind of guy uh, pissed that Justin Trudeau's making errors but then the NDP has kind of handcuffed itself to be love and happy 
<laughs> well, do you think that th- like so much so that they can't turn that around? I don't think that Jagmeet can turn it around for a lot of racist reasons. Uh-huh, I don't think uh-huh. that he can be angry, right? So there's 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 certainly that. I also don't think that he's the kind of guy to get angry. <laughs> I like I I wish that I I'd, I'd like seen his like well, I don't know. Like I don't I've never seen him perform angry. See, this is my point. Like I I don't recall him uh you know, deputy premier in Ontario or deputy sorry, deputy um leader when he was a member of provincial parliament. Yeah, yeah. I don't recall him being angry. He talks very calm. He talks like kind of a guy that's like, you know, pretty good with what's going on in his life and he's happy and certainly the whole first two years of him being leader has been, you know, or two years, one year of him uh, is like he's just gotten married and things are wicked and he's like super happy to meet people and he's traveling Canada and it's awesome and there, I have not seen him express anger and I suspect that yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of it is is racism. Although I'm also sure that part of it is because there's this dominant thinking and the social democratic left that you get more flies with honey, that you attract more people talking about love, that you can attract people being positive. And I think that's a mistake. And people are still trying to emulate like the hope and change Obama campaign rather than like 100 percent. Guys, the, the Tea Party is way bigger than it was in 20, 2000 seven or whenever it was at that remember the tea party oh my god yeah i do <laughs> it's a different world now and it doesn't even have to be justin uh, justin justin sing <laughs> jagmeet sing wow um, it's <laughs> like <laughs> oh god it could be easily someone in his caucus or it could be someone in the house like it could easily be Guy Cajon, right he's the guy who's the house leader he could be angry but there's just so that that's what tells me that it's it's, it's also a construction of the party's pol- um, strategy right now whether intentionally or not. Yeah. Well, I suspect it's intentional. I don't think that there's anything that the party's doing that's unintentional. Yeah. Fuck. No, but people must be angry. Like, I just don't understand. Like, if you are if you are not angry, I, I, I like, you know, maybe you have other feelings. Like, maybe you're sad <laughs> or something. But, like, the, the <laughs> conditions under which people are living right now, if you are concerned about them, if you are wanting to work for, you know, workers or women or um you know like trans liberation or whatever it is it's like I I just I can't understand how you're like looking at the condition of like the 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 political debates that are going on in official and unofficial arenas and not be angry like what does that say about you is the question that I ask like like again to me anger is a really revealing emotion and when someone's angry Mm. they're like really communicating something to you and so I when someone's not angry it's also communicating something to you and I, I just I can't understand how certain issues like you're expected to not be angry to me it's it's just it's false it's it's uh it's it's false, it's irrational, it's inauthentic, it's all sorts of words that are jumbled up in my head right now <laughs> that I, you know, it just, it doesn't make sense. It, it just doesn't make sense, simply. So do we need to get more angry on the left? Is anger going to turn the NDP's chances around or is anger going to make a social movement be more powerful in 2019? Or are they right and we're actually just wrong that actually you only can get elected by talking about love? <laughs> I think that 
I think that um, passion is really important in any sort of political, uh, social movement, any sort of uh, move to try to change society. Passion is really important. And passion is expressed in many different ways. And one of those, those expressions can be anger. And so to me, yeah, hell yeah. I think that getting more angry and being more honest about being angry and like normalizing anger in the world, like being able to see people be angry helps organizing. If there's a place for people to put their anger um, and to make it productive, that, that is organizing in a lot of ways. Yes. And I, I think that that is so useful. It's so helpful to capture passion and make it productive. I think that it could only help the left. I think that pretending that, you know, there is no passion there or really trying to be as dispassionate as possible about really important issues. I don't think it's serving us, <laughs> to be quite frank. And yeah. I don't think it's serving us to pretend that uh, the type of passion that we want to express is another type of passion that, in fact, I'm going to hug a Nazi today, you know, <laughs> like I just until his head falls off. <laughs> right. Like I just I don't think that that like that false path, like I'm so passionate about the love that I want to put into the world that I'm going to like very inauthentically uh, pretend that I'm I'm gonna like hug a Nazi like that do, it doesn't make any sense it's a, it, it, mm. I think that it can only help us to accept different manifestations of passion including anger and like people are angry and scared there's a certain yeah. passion in being scared as well and I think that, that it's okay to be honest about um and about our feelings and to not drive an artificial wedge between what is rational and what is emotional. I've never like I've, I've always thought that that was such a strange dichotomy to force upon something like it is a very rational thing to be um, to have emotions or emotional response to whatever the fuck is happening around you. <laughs> like that is like it just seems kind of obvious to me. And so I, I hope that we can live in a world where that's accepted. I think it would take some work to do that. But I, I, yeah, I think, hey, there's always time to turn things around or there's not, but it probably benefits us to believe that there's time. So I'm just <laughs> going to go with that. Um, there's always time <laughs> to turn things around. And so, fuck, why not? What do you think? I, I, I'm totally there. And I, I think that... I think that the way to think about anger is to not see anger as the flip side of of love because I think that that's I think that that's fucking not helpful actually that love is a very specific kind of emotion that you know I hope that everyone gets to feel and that you feel it in different ways and you feel it with different things that you do and that the 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 absence of love or the opposite of love is not anger. And so anger yeah, finding ways to normalize anger, to show people that being angry is okay. I think that is so, that is such a good point that you made because people feel so isolated and so lonely. And, and when you see like the injustice around you and that someone like, I don't know, like people, like big, big personalities on the, on the, in the social democratic left talking about love and love and being, you know, 
loving and everything's okay and optimistic and stuff, it can be really alienating actually because you're like, wait, yeah, yeah. what? How? Why am I the only one that's feeling this anger? And then and then there's this whole discussion around self care and how do we take care of ourselves when we're like angry all the time and all. This. And it's like, but we don't even have a pressure valve to allow us to express our anger that. Mm-hmm. You know that you cannot say certain things because you will because you will be filmed saying it or you will be you'll be attacked because because your anger isn't really acceptable. Like as much as we say that like social change is fueled by anger, the second you get angry in a lot of groups on the left, it's it depends on the group. Sometimes that actually goes really poorly. Actually, right, you're very quickly yeah, dismissed. Yeah. Um, and these are you know in the the labor movement for sure. If you're angry about something in the labor movement, if your anger isn't exactly the the anger that kind of is acceptable, you can quite quickly find yourself being labeled as irrational or marginal or whatever. So that's really important. Mm-hmm. But for me, the flip side of anger isn't isn't love. It's it's uh, it's humor. I think that those two things mm, have to provocative. <laughs> I think those two things really are what what has to go what has to be driven. Where you've got, you know, if you're a politician, let's say, or if you're the NDP, you've got a program, and your program isn't just based in anger, right? You want you want pharmacare not because you're pissed about the 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 system as it is, but you want to make sure that people don't die and can afford drugs. Okay, mm-hmm. so there's not anger driving that, but when you're expressing emotions, anger should be counterbalanced by humor and should be counterbalanced by finding humor in situations that are untenable. Because I think that actually that's way more natural for how humans exist, that when you're angry about a situation, that you survive it through developing humor, developing good humor around Mm -hmm. certain things. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're (laughs) really bad at being humorous like in general like we're not funny I think that's that's a really interesting point yeah if well you are (laughs) (laughs) I mean like other than me (laughs) (laughs) no I think that's a good I think that's a really good point um that I'm gonna think about for a while like it's the opposite of anger humor but but the other the other piece of this to discuss is and you kind of touched on it a little bit is being anger angry in and amongst the left like yeah. within within our organizations, within the places that we um, organize in, and and very often it can be the way that people justify like excommunicating someone or like yeah. taking them out of their organizing spaces. Like they're you know they got angry or they you know they expressed the wrong type of emotion at the at the wrong time or whatever. Uh, just as you were explaining with like labor union or whatever. And well, one, there's not enough of us to to justify doing that. So stop. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But but also like what a travesty. Right. Like anger again, like it is it is a form of communication. Yeah. If someone's angry, there's there's something behind that. Like someone has experienced something where, you know, they're like maybe you disagree, but you know, try to listen to what they're telling you yeah. they're so passionate about. Like, instead of dispelling someone because you're like, oh, my God, they're so angry. I I, I just can't listen to them. Like, why? <laughs> they, yeah. That's ridiculous. You're being <laughs> ridiculous. Like, try to understand what has made them so passionate about this particular issue so as, so as to express it in this way to you. They're being honest. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's really important. And, you know, I see this 
you know, in a lot of organizing that I've done, I've seen this around issues of, say, sexual assault, where people will be angry talking about uh, experiences that they've had or knowledge that they have and and people dispelling that type of reaction. But why shouldn't you be angry about that? Mm-hmm. It's a very important form of communication. It, it often exposes uh, discomfort, right? That that we're not we're not actually comfortable with what is being discussed. And so if someone's getting angry and I, you know, I'm, I'll say this, like in some spaces where uh, you have um, someone who doesn't want to look like they are a bad person or that they are, their politics are bad or something like this. And, and in my case, if if it's written, I tend to go for the jugular. (laughs) So like maybe Mm -hmm. my bad. Um, And like a really basic example might be, um, mm-hmm. you know, just average people talking about, well, you know, I'm selling girls pants and you say, well, what about those pants? Make them girls pants. And then they lose their mind. Right. And then all of a sudden they're like, why are you, why are you, why are you being so angry about this? Why are you turning this into something else? Like, I'm just trying to sell girls pants or something like this. And then I'm all like, well, I'm actually trying to make this a teaching moment, but sorry, I'm actually really fucking angry about this too, because your attitude kills people literally. And let me explain to you how. And then it's like a big, like, Ugh. And and these are people again who would probably who would consider themselves like broadly progressive, but you know are imbued with all of the same societal oppressions that we all are, and you're struggling with that all the time. But because we have this inability to debate, and the second you kind of poke on something just a little bit with someone who's not comfortable with that issue, oftentimes that's where you get that that whole like that whole phenomenon of tone policing of why are you responding to me like this? Why are you yelling at me like this? Why are you, um, why are you being unfair to me? What did I do? This doesn't have anything to do with me. That kind of like very defensive. And it's kind of like, why don't we just like embrace the fact that people are angry Mm -hmm. and be like, Whoa, okay. Something here is going on. I'm going to step back and be like, what exactly is it? And then, and then, but again, we also have lost the whole art of debate. So maybe this whole discussion is actually shadow boxing on a debate. That people, everyone who's like, no, but we just need a debate, don't actually know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, like it's hard, too, for me to untie some of the, the, the places where people get angry that I'm angry versus mm-hmm. um, how difficult it is to continue like consistently be bumping up against things that make me really angry on the left so you know bumping up against leadership that won't move or, or people that manage to uh, actually get rid of your work or something like this like you know I'm always trying to get pieces placed and that's always very difficult and I find especially with men it's like I want men to be angry about the things that I'm angry about and I don't see it enough. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. what the fuck, man? Why are you not angry about that? And I don't know if it's because like it's an oppression thing and men just can't see what I'm saying in this situation and therefore they actually can't get angry about it or if there's just a lack of knowing how to be angry because we also are very bad at untying anger and aggression, which I actually think are two mm-hmm. very different emotions. Yeah. Very right. much so. Very much so. That's a good point. And, and yeah, and, and but because it's like the second you get angry, then it's like then you're getting aggressive. And it's like, well, are you getting aggressive? Or is this aggression coming from anger? Is this coming from power? Or is blah, blah, blah. Right? There's a lot of ways to untie this. But we don't have any good role models for how to be productively angry because being angry is so easily marginalized on the left and in general. And mm-hmm. that makes me so angry. 
<laughs> yeah, I I agree. And I, I like as a final point on how like what what an instructive uh, emotion anger is. I like when I think back to all the times that I've learned the most, like in my coming to consciousness, like on the left, becoming you know this person who I am today. Oftentimes, it's because someone has been angry at something that I didn't understand or I was understanding it incorrectly or I didn't get it and I was responding in a way that was maybe fucked up and people were angry and uh, told me about myself <laughs> and and um, we were actually on a panel a couple of weeks ago where uh, this type of question came up in a different way where someone was asking about, you know, like being defensive or so on when you're trying to learn stuff on the left. Um, but that that anger and learning how not to respond defensively and learning how to listen for what the anger is telling me has taught me so much more than any workshop, more than any being in school, even like a, an organizing experience of, you know, somebody telling me what's up the experience of listening to someone who's angry uh, talk about what their experience is has taught me so much. So I'm not saying this is just some sort of like weird philosophical, like I think angry is, uh, you know, instructed, like whatever. I'm like literally talking from experience. Like I really believe that when someone is angry and is, is telling you something, there's a lot of opportunity to learn there. And so I really hope that, you know, as a, as a final message from Sandy Nora in 2018, that uh you know people get a little bit more angry and accept a little bit more anger and generalize that anger like in and look at where that anger is generalized and understand it understand what like what hurt what hurt can do when it's turned into action which tends to be anger right because sadness is not mobilizing sadness is sadness but anger is like we are fucked we are we are we have to stop this injustice whatever injustice it is it's so clarifying i, I just find it so great I, I anger is fucking awesome that's a great word clarifying anger is very clarifying it's like it's it just lets you see exactly what the issue is like sometimes you know i get accused of being so like set in my ways and so oh you think you know it all and it's like I fucking don't think I know it all, but I definitely know a lot thanks to being <laughs> so pissed about stuff all the fucking time. And you're like, okay, okay, what exactly is the source of this issue? And then I go and find it and then you learn a lot of stuff and then I've got a good memory. So there's like a lot of ways to like be able to stay on top of whatever. But the corruption, the injustice, the, the, the tragedy, the oppression that is in every single aspect of all of our lives should be enraging the fuck out of you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then find that flip side of anger, which is, which is, as I said, humor, so that you don't feel like it's so hopeless. Because that's the thing, too, is anger isn't hopeless. Anger is, anger is survival. Mm-hmm. Anger is survival. Embrace anger. Yeah. Stay angry in 2019. Should we say when we're coming back? <laughs> like, yeah, well, I'm just going to say happy new year to everyone. Like we're like, we're, we're signing off for 2018. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being so supportive. 
Um, this podcast has done more than than I ever imagined it could. So I'm feeling pretty good about it. And I'm glad that we've got a little community of people out there listening to us. We'll be gone for about a month, probably. So we'll be back in mid-January. Yep. And, you know, stay angry or get angry. <laughs> One of those two. <laughs> between uh, yeah, between now and then, if uh, if you've got any show suggestions or feedback, you can get a, us like well, you can leave a comment at our website, or you can send a message to the website, which is sandynor.com, or you can find me on Twitter. I'm happy to take your messages, um, and I share the best ones with Sandy. So, <laughs> 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 um, but we are open 2019 for us. Like we don't have any grand plans for the show other than Revolution. But um, <laughs> short of that, if you want to bring us somewhere, you want to do a live show, uh, totally op. That's that's an option. Just be in touch with one of us and let us know the details, and we'll we'll let you know if it's possible. But um, Thanks, everybody. This is where I show love. <laughs> you guys are great for listening. Or it's humor. One of those two. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is humor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. 